Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Wolves Weekly, sponsored by MyDieselClaim.com. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to this episode of Wolves Weekly. It's international break, which means it's time for another press pack takeover. On this episode, I'm joined by Sky Sports' Johnny Phillips and the Athletics' Wolves reporter Steve Maidley. We'll talk about the feel-good factor right now, how Gary O'Neill's Monday night football appearance is changing perceptions both within Wolves and in football fans and media up and down the country, plus how He-Chan Wang is raising Wolves' profile in an untapped market in Asia. But first, here's Johnny. Gary O'Neill deserves huge credit along with his coaching staff, for the position he's managed to take Wolves in. I think the November international break is always a crucial one. You've seen that with the amount of um, trigger-happy chairman you get at this time of year. Uh, And I'm not saying Carrie O'Neill would have been in any danger going into this international break, had results not gone well. But I always think it's a time where people take stock. They look at the situation uh, of what's uh, where a club is at and... Certainly, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I was quite pleased when the, the club appointed Gary O'Neill and, and what came out in terms of his preparation and his thoroughness. But I, I wouldn't have expected Wolves to have been doing this well. Um, certainly, they've gone above and beyond what I, I'd have expected to, them to be at in November. So yeah, I think the outlook is very, very good, and and, and that's huge credit to the to the management. Steve, well, I think I'm right in saying it was Palace, was it? The the game bef- kind of went into the September international break um, and it was Villa, wasn't it, that kind of went into the last, the, the October one. So there's actually been quite a progression over the three international breaks, the three times we've done these press backs. I think so, yeah. And I think as Gary O'Neill, with himself, an evolution as well of, of Wolves where, he obviously came to the job with a, a pretty clear idea of how he wanted the team to play and how he wanted the team to look. And we saw that we saw that successfully in terms of performance at Old Trafford and then less successfully in terms of performance against, against Brighton at home, certainly in that second half. And I think he would kind of admit himself that he's learned about his squad and he's, and he's 
relaxed a little bit the the principles that he came in with to to suit the players he's got. And I think we've seen we've seen the results of that. He just feels going into this spell. Sorry, going into into, into this international break, just a a more kind of balanced, um, settled settled team and settled kind of way of playing. I think, which I think bodes well for the for the next few games. Fingers crossed. Yeah, the whole uh, back four slash back three, five, whatever you want to call it, debate that has raged for a long time, it in a weird way feels settled and in a weird way it isn't because they do both, right, within games. But it's like an acceptance now that, that there is a fluidity and they've found a way. And whether that's Kilman going to the right-hand side of the defence to enable them to, to switch more comfortably, Steve, between those two styles, they have found a way. They have, and Gary O'Neill pointed out to us in the press conferences probably three or four times now that he he kind of feels that almost the age of the formation has has come and gone. That formations are less important than, 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 than ever been, and it's a very much kind of um, individual kind of game in, in a way. So he's kind of said, "Well, we don't play with the back four, we don't play with the back five, we play with a combination of the two, and we can all see that with with Totti in particular." Kind of roaming and quite often man marking someone or stepping into midfield to, to to fill gaps. But I think I think those of us, the laymen among us who um, who don't work to the same kind of level of detail that, that Gary O'Neill works in, will always kind of find find some level of comfort. I think in saying, "Oh yeah, that's a back four, or that's a back five, or <laughs> that's a back that's a back three. I think I think we feel comfortable with that. But I think kind of Wolves, and not just Wolves. I think a lot of teams have kind of to some degree moved beyond that now. Yeah, when we did a, a sit-down podcast with him and I was trying to have this conversation about what is that his philosophy and stuff, and he was like, I do have a philosophy, I'll try and teach it to you one day. And there was very much an acceptance on both our parts, I think, that I probably wouldn't be able to grasp it, Johnny, if he did try and explain it to me. But do you feel like the, the element that when he went on Monday Night Football with you guys at Sky, that, that that maybe changed a lot of people's views about him? I think it probably did because uh, he had an opportunity uh, in a, on a platform where that you have time. I think the programme started at 6.30, the match kicked off at 8 o'clock. So he was given time on that platform to explain um, some of the intricacies of what he was doing. And he was clever. He picked out some very straightforward uh, things that the layman, like us three, would understand uh, by showing um, a, a formation on a training pitch and then showing how it worked uh, on, on an actual pitch in a Premier League environment. He wasn't trying to be smart, Alec, or anything like that about it. He was just trying to decode it for us, really. And I thought it was a fantastic explanation, um, which really did um, it, it impress a lot of people at Sky. I know that for a fact. And uh, it went down very well within our company. And I, hopefully it, it did um, it did so to the wider supporter base, not just Wolves fans. Well, it, that's the interesting point, Johnny, because it... it... I wonder what you think it the difference is between how Wolves fans received that and actually how supporters of other clubs may have changed their views on Gary O'Neill and Wolves because of it. Yeah, I think it, it absolutely uh, registered with supporters in general just because of what, the detail he was prepared to go into and the way that he made it accessible. Sometimes you hear managers talking and, and, and they get perhaps bogged down in, in management speak, or they're trying to explain something that's not clearly illustrated. And I think the real success of what Gary O'Neill did on Monday Night Football was being able to illustrate the points he was making. And to go back to what Steve was talking about, about those formations, you know, I'd agree with him wholeheartedly. There was um, 
he was a member of Rafa Benitez's backroom staff at Liverpool. I remember him once saying when I was speaking to him that formations are really only just numbers on a pitch until the match kicks off and the ball's in play. And I've, I've never forgotten that. And, he, and that was exactly what Gary O'Neill was explaining as well on, um, on Monday Night Football, that within the formation, the minute the ball's in play and things are moving, then everything changes. And I, I, I just thought he illustrated that brilliantly. Yeah, it's just one of those things, Steve, where you you kind of look and go, you know, uh, we were talking on a on a recent press pack about whether wolves were sexy again, right? And and whether people suddenly are changing their opinions because wolves under Nuno in those first couple of years in the Premier League, you know, we were the the darlings of of the neutrals and and people loved us. We were on telly all the time, and and obviously that dripped away when other teams come in. And you suddenly kind of, you know, look, let's face it, we weren't scoring any goals, so we weren't great to watch for neutrals. Is that different now? Do we sense that's different? And has that had an impact on the Wolves fans themselves? I think when I wrote, I wrote a piece a few days ago, a, a, a hundred days of Gary O'Neill at Wolves, which he, he brought up at the end of last week, and we looked at the numbers, and it's quite clear, and we can see it with, with the naked eye as well, Wolves are just creating more chances and scoring more goals and moving the ball forward, not in a long ball kind of way, but just moving the ball from A to B more more quickly and more directly and get, getting people like Neto before before his injury and Cunha and Wang and Bellegard, um in the, the brief moments that we've seen him in possession, in dangerous areas, quicker. And I think that, that, that does just make them naturally a more exciting t- team to watch and that's not me, me sitting there denigrating the job that Julian Lopetegui did at the end of last season. Because in terms of the points that he collected from the games he had, from the position that he took over, and it was a fantastic job and it was a vital job that Wolves needed doing. But by God, it was hard going at, at times in, in terms of watching it. And I just think we can't sit here after 12 games and say that Gary O'Neill is, is going to be a successful Wolves manager or not. It's far, it's far too early to say. But what we can say is that in these 12 games, it's been a lot more fun than, any, than anything I've seen previously in my, in my fairly brief tenure as, as Wolves correspondent. Well, it, 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 the numbers, I mean, last season at the same stage, we'd scored five goals in 12 games. Uh, this time we've scored 16 in that 12, only winning two more than last season. But that 16 goals return, Johnny, uh, matches the return from 2019-20, um, when, of course, we were... Uh, in Europe at the same time, and probably for for a lot of fans, it's probably one of the most enjoyable of recent seasons. So that maybe that there is some kind of symbiotic relationship between how much we're enjoying this and and how much we enjoyed that. It's it's the simplest element of we're scoring goals. We're fun to watch. Yeah, that's a uh, is a good point, and I think that Nuno period, maybe the first season in the Premier League and the following season until the pandemic struck, is probably peak Wolves. For anyone certainly my age uh, and below, and um, and, and is absolutely the benchmark by which probably Wolves should be measured going forward. And yeah, he's brought Gary O'Neill has brought that back. There were moments under Lopetegui when, like the three nil home win to Liverpool, was off the scale last mm. season in terms of how good it was. The season petered out a bit. Uh, we'll never know uh, what what would have happened this season with Julian Lopetegui. That's sort of that's one of the unknowns that will remain unknown forever. But what Gary O'Neill has done with a squad that isn't his squad, and with areas that he wants to strengthen, has has turned Wolves into creative force. And 
that, you know, again, you know, as Steve mentioned, it's only a few games in, it's only 100 days or whatever it is. So we can't make lasting judgments, but we can definitely um, say that the fun element appears to be coming back and there is a cohesiveness now about Wolves on the pitch. I think the yeah. 2019, 22, sorry, Michael, that you bring up, you know how we love a metric at the Athletic and we, we did a, a comparison of all of all the seasons since they returned to the Premier League in that piece. And it was quite striking that, that a lot of them are very, very similar to that, that season at the moment in terms of goals scored, big chances created, chances created full stop, XG. They're all very, very similar to that, to that season. Now, may not carry on that way, but it's a promising start. It's it's funny, Steve, because yeah. I, I, sometimes I wonder whether we do too much reflection on the period that's gone. And I realise we're also speaking to Johnny, who's done a book reflecting on the last two decades. But I, because from a stats perspective and from a historical perspective, when you try and apply context to everything, I always say context is is the most important thing when you look at any situation. But what's been what feels like happening at the moment is very tangible because the noise that was around Molyneux after that Spurs game in the final spell of the game. And Tomo said something to me, actually, whereby there, there have been a lot of games where people have left early and and even might have been only trailing by a goal, but the belief wasn't there. And I, I don't think, I couldn't see any pockets of seats, Johnny, at that Tottenham game. People, people fully believed there was a chance to the final moment. And not every game goes to the 97th, 98th minute. But when the stadium is full at that point, you know you're onto something. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, it's it's not getting any cheaper to go and watch Wolves these days as well. And there are times, I know that from speaking to my friends in the summer, there were times where you're making a decision on whether or not you think this is an investment worth carrying on with. And, you know, there's there's no escaping that in in the post-pandemic era, it's been really tough for Wolves fans a lot of problems uh, have occurred, not necessarily of the club's making, but there's just been a succession of issues that have made it a bit harder for Wolves fans to keep the faith. And I, and I think that is, you're right, that's a tangible um, benchmark of what Gary O'Neill has done in, in these very early days so far. He does seem to be um, uniting a, a supporter base and, and bringing back hope uh, to, to, the, to the supporters, which is great. And, and, and it creates that atmosphere, like you said. I, I would just love to have been in the stadium uh, in added time for that Spurs match. It just it came across on television as being absolutely fantastic. And that, that can only be, have been a fraction of what it must have been like in the stadium. And they're the days, you know, they're the days that, that, that supporters remember. Wolves haven't won any trophies. They, they might not win any trophies for a long time. But you remember those days. Football's about moments. And that's what creates the memories. And, um, I guess that was certainly one of those. It has been a, a, a remarkable period. You know, look, Touchwood, long may it continue for the rest of the season. I think, Steve, people are, are probably honest enough to know there will be some some dips. Um, arguably, we suffered one the very week before uh, in losing that game in those circumstances at Sheffield United. But if there is a bright side to anything uh, in the period, it means we're not talking about VAR anymore. Yeah, and I think I think context is key and balance is key. And I got I got a few comments from from readers in, in that hundred day, days piece, not negative comments, but just pointed out. Let's not get carried away. It's tw- it's, it's twelve games in. We've got lots to pr- prove yet, and all that is true, of course, it is. And there are a lot of questions that, that Gary O'Neill still has to answer. So, how do, how do all set up 
at home against lesser teams in inverted, in inverted commas. We haven't seen that yet because he, because he hasn't had to do it yet. Um, that's a that's a big question. There's still there've been a few games where opponents have changed things in the in, in the game and Wolves haven't, haven't responded quickly enough and they've and they've suffered for that. So that box still needs to be ticked. But all, but all he can do is tick the boxes that he's been asked to tick so far. And you have to say, 15 points from those 12, not just any 12 games, but those 12 games, which were, we all looked at the start of the season and said, that's a tough start to the season, in the context of taking over four days before the first game. I think you have to say he's, he's ticked pretty much every box he's been asked to tick so far. Will he, will he tick the ones going forward? We don't, we don't know, do we? But he, but he can only do what he's been asked to do so far. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's talk about the, the international break, the, the way the media has been covering Wolves recently. Obviously, Johnny, we have been at the forefront of VAR and the conversations around it. Not quite to the extent as Liverpool had earlier in the season, and Arsenal have had recently. But I, I very much got the feeling, and I don't know whether you agree with this, that um, in the way that those two clubs went about it, Wolves have absolutely set out to be different in their responses. And maybe Gary O'Neill is, is playing things down a little bit now and trying to move on. Yeah, I think there's definitely a sense uh, within the coaching structure that it's time to move on. What's so annoying about VAR, whether you're a supporter of it or not, is that it's now occupying the talking space, be it in pubs, be it on television, be it in analysis, be it on column inches of newspapers, it's occupying that talking space that was previously reserved for football. So, it, 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 you know, whether or not that's people saying bar's great or, um, it, it is not the issue. It's the fact that it's just so... Uh, it, it's just so protruding in daily life in terms of the football. So Gary O'Neill, you're right, he's, he's not going down that route of making um, official complaints here, there and everywhere. I think he wants to draw a line on it. I don't think he wants to be asked about VAR. I don't think anyone does really. But uh, I think he'd far, far rather talk about his team's strengths or failings than he would about VAR. And I hope this international break does give everyone an opportunity to, you know, Put that to bed, but it is it is hard when when we we see the inconsistencies we are seeing, uh, you know, at that level. Steve, do you get the feeling in those weekly press conferences that he'd quite like to stop being asked about this now? Yeah, I think I think he's made that clear that he doesn't. I think he's conscious that that, that quite often he'll do a half hour press conference, but inevitably only two or three minutes of it ever ever really gets you gets used beyond the local media. media. So it, 
it can easily come across nationally, like all he ever talks about is, is, is VAR, which is, <laughs> which is not the case. But, but but equally, it's just it's just a result of the fact that Wolves have had a lot of bad decisions go, go against them. So, I mean, I, I think I asked the first question after the Sheffield United game in, in the post press conference, and I almost apologised for the fact that I was asking the first question about about VAR again. But that is our job. We you know it was the big story of the day, so it's going to be the first question. And I think the great thing about Gary O'Neill and the way he's handled it is he he understands that. Um, so he's made the point. I don't really want to talk about it, but. I know you're going to ask me the questions, so I'm going to have to an- answer them. And I think I was struck by Anne Postecoglou's the clip that went viral about having to accept referee decisions, and I, I admire the sentiment behind that. But I think that's a comment for a, a previous real previous era, really a pre-VAR era, when when we can all see what VAR is seeing in intricate detail. We're never going to go back to those days. I don't, I don't think where managers just say, "Oh, yeah, it's one of those things." They even themselves out over the season. We were told that VAR was going to was going to cut out the mistake. So if it doesn't, we're going to talk about it. And I think Gary O'Neill, to his credit, yes, he's spoken about it a lot because he's been asked about it a lot. But I think he's engaged in it in a, in a fairly constructive way overall. One player who is having a, a, a really good time in terms of their media coverage at the minute is He Chan Wang. There has been uh, an influx of South Korean fans and journalists, I think, that are regularly covering our games now. Um, Johnny, I'm taken back to the documentary you made of Wolves in China all those years ago. And you saw firsthand, I guess, what what the impact can be. We've had kind of uh, a huge Mexican following, obviously, for such a long time. Do you get the sense that, that Korean TV and Korean media and Korean interest in He Chan and now Wolves is a is a real way that Wolves can go. Yeah, hugely. Um, you know, th- th- there's absolutely a huge football market out in Korea, and there has been for many, many years. And just on a on a personal experience, I was at the a Wolves Foundation dinner a couple of weeks ago, and it was a black tie event, and I forgot my cufflinks. So I went into the I went into the Wolves club shop to buy a pair, and it was sort of late afternoon, midweek day. And the only people in there were these three Koreans trying stuff on. I just thought that's unbelievable. And that was what? I think that was a Wednesday before Wolves were playing on a Saturday. But either way, there was no football on for days either side. And there were these three Korean ladies trying stuff on. I think it's a a great market. And Wolves, you know, it's something that Jeff Shi has been crying out for in a way. Obviously, they'd love a Chinese player, but that's not realistically going to happen. They they did some brilliant work with Raul Jimenez and bringing that Mexican market. And I think it's it's a shrewd move. I think um, the chairman's never been uh, shy of explaining that Wolves need to explore different markets and explore different avenues, especially for a club that just hasn't got the support of the base of Manchester United or Liverpool. And I think Wangi Chan is, is quickly becoming a poster boy. And he's had some difficult times as well. You know, he's had to overcome a few setbacks and and, and, and critics within the supporter base. But what he's achieving this season is, is really, really impressive. I think he's a very, very level-headed individual. And I think he's a sort of a coach's dream in a way on a training pitch. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of that on the actual pitch. Yeah, the the club, Steve, are clearly doing a, a lot to try and get in amongst that Korean market. And Park Ji-sung and Patrice Evra were at the training ground recently for a, a TV programme that goes on, out in the Far East. So th- there is a lot going in, but it all it all revolves around uh, He-Chan still being active and contributing on the pitch, Steve. It, it does. And 
and it, last season was obviously a massive frustration for, for him with the injuries and with the way the team were doing them. Where he never never really found found his his own form. Uh, this season, he just looks like a different a different player to me. And I think the early goals which he scored this season seem to have affected his his overall game as well. You, you look at him now, and he's do, he's doing little spins and drag backs and and running away from defenders. Things things he he wasn't really doing in the early weeks of the season. He, even when he was scoring the goals, he wasn't doing the rest of the game as well as, well as he is now. He just seems to be a a much more rounded and confident, I think, is probably, probably the probably the key word player than than, than I've seen. I've seen in my time covering Wolves. I, I love watching him uh, mainly because, as I keep telling everybody, uh, every available opportunity pre-season, I predicted him to get double figures this year. And as you can imagine, I am very very happy about the way things have gone and gloating uh, as much as I possibly can. I'm also stunned, by the way, that um, I presume Johnny, we made you pay for those. Uh, cufflinks. I can't believe you didn't have a, an underling run round to the club shop for you. I don't know what's going on here. Do you know what it was? Um, I, I, I don't. I don't want to undermine the club shop, but they were out of stock <laughs> of cufflinks, so I then had to go back round and get some uh, foundation staff to help me out. And a, a pair of cufflinks was brilliantly sourced by Will Clues, the head of foundation, who very kindly gave me a pair, which I still haven't returned to him. But while we're on Classic Johnny. while we're on club uh, shop stock, um, they've got a thirty percent discount this weekend, I believe. So it's a great chance to go in there and get the Revolution of Wolves book at a proper discount. If you're looking for a Christmas present for anyone, this is why he's a pro. Because I was going to bring it up and give you the chance because it is present <laughs> gift buying season. But you've got in there anyway. Um, yeah, the, I mean, say how? What's the reaction been like to the book? Yeah, it's been really positive um, just because hopefully myself uh, and Paul Berry were able to provide a bit of insight. Paul, of course, worked for the club for many years. Uh, I've covered them for many years. So we, we, we were able to get to the to the people we wanted to get to. The club, uh, Max Fitzgerald in particular, were very cooperative uh, and, and helped us along the way. And uh, yeah, we'd, we'd like to think we've put down a sort of record of 20 years of Premier League Wolves. Not that they've been in the Premier League for those 20 years, mm. uh, far from it, but that's sort of the modern era and uh, and what Wolves have achieved. Because it is a club that's come on in leaps and bounds, particularly under Fosun, who, um, you know, haven't been mistaken-free in recent uh, seasons, but have absolutely been a force for good for what they've uh, achieved at Wolves and where they've lifted the club to and, and and now the new the new sort of level of expectation that exists here and just a final point from both of you say johnny's book is available in uh, the wolves club shop and other bookstores um both good and bad uh if you need a, a gift idea for christmas the the situation at everton i, I guess is a, a final thing to end on because we've talked a lot on previous press pack episodes about financial fair play and transfers and what happened for Wolves in the summer and it's been covered in great detail from our own interview with the sporting director Matt Hobbs as well um, but it has been a big news story in the last week or so what happened to Everton and whether uh, it will be seen as justification for clubs like Wolves Johnny to ha- have gone through the process that they did last summer to kind of try and, and sort out the finances a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when you look at Everton and the mess they've found themselves in, um, you just think, wow, you know, any other club who went down that route and found themselves in that trouble would um, would be very foolish indeed. I don't think Wolves particularly deserve credit 
for not being in FFP trouble. That's like saying Steve deserves credit for getting the names right on his match report. It's his job. <laughs> he does. Um, you know, that's not a given, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's 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 any self-respecting club's job from I don't know from Liverpool to Leighton Orient to be to be financially astute. So I don't think Wolves deserve credit for not being in FFP trouble. But yes, um, they have to keep an eye on on finances for um, to make sure they don't land in that trouble. They they were very very successful in making a large profit from the transfer window in the summer. Uh, absolutely, it was a tough tough job for Matt Hobbs and the recruitment department to make those numbers work when you just looked at what they needed to do um, to satisfy the owners uh, during the summer. And uh, again, you know. Um, and I know it's only been a short period of time, as it is with Gary O'Neill, but what Matt Hobbs is achieving in a short period of time stands up at the moment, and he deserves credit for that. Yeah, I would agree with, with all of that. And, and I think, as Johnny said, whether they deserve credit for it, I don't know, because they only had to do it because of the, the previous overspending on, on, on certain players that didn't, didn't really work out. But the fact is, they got themselves in that situation, have got themselves touch wood out of it, 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 it it appears that, that, that they have. And they've probably done it as, as well with a a better-looking squad to move, to move forward with. I mean, just going back to something we said earlier in the, pod, in the podcast, it felt to me coming in last summer to cover to cover Wolves that as glorious as the Nuno period had been, and I, I, and I missed the, the kind of the tail end of that, it felt like a club almost kind of clinging on to that era that, that, that it kind of... Past his, past his natural sell-by date. And this season just feels like something fresh and exciting and energetic and people with points to prove with their careers on the way up rather than their careers, certainly in Wolves terms, on the way down. Will it carry on like that for, for, for the remaining 26 games? Hopefully. We don't, we don't know, but it's certainly fun at the moment. And, and the, the fact that, that they've done that at the same time as hopefully alleviating any FFP concerns that, that they had. I think they deserve credit certainly for that part of it. Yeah. Recruitment's a huge part of any club as well, uh, isn't it, Mikey? I mean, you know, I think Gary O'Neill hasn't had a real window to operate in. The January transfer window is a tough window to operate in. But he'll know what he wants and he'll know what he doesn't want. And I think they're not going to waste time in the next couple of windows uh, indulging players that aren't good enough or targeting players that don't fit absolutely what O'Neill wants. He, you know, he's nobody's fool. And, and I think he deserves the chance to be given tools um, by the recruitment department um, to get the squad more into the shape he wants it to be. Yeah, there, there's one of the quotes he said in our in our podcast that people can go back and listen to was that element of, of, how, of players recognising that, you know, it's an honour to play for the football club. And it, it feels like one of those things that, that all managers say, but absolutely, you know, when you get it right, it means something. And it means something, you know, you play for the, the badge on the front of the shirt, not the name on the back, that kind of stuff that that when things are going well, that's, that's always there and always works. Wolves Weekly, brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.